don't change our behaviour. By the year 2050, there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish. So do we want a system of anarchy? And that's what we probably have at the moment. And they estimate that there's about 40.3 million people in some form of modern slavery. There is no single industry not touched by this issue. Definitely racists have been very good at using the internet. There's been a shift in thinking about who counts as a terrorist and there are currently terrorist laws being used against white nationalists. Where people's lives are being destroyed, that to me is enough to say something needs to be done here. Hi, I'm Susan Carland and welcome to What Happens Next, the show where we look at some of the most pressing issues facing the world today. It's not just about the environmental impact these Lion King issues are having. It's also that whole kids expect to get a present every two days. And it's like, you know, we just don't need a present every two days. You just need a present on your birthday and at Christmas if you believe in Christmas. Otherwise, just chillax. This special episode of What Happens Next was recorded live at Monash University, where campaigner and advertising guru Alex Waddelton spoke about how the simplest ideas for driving change can sometimes be the most effective. He's one of Australia's most highly regarded creative minds. In 2016, he was rated as one of the world's top 20 advertising writers. His advertising campaigns have run all around the world and his charity campaigns have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. His future landfill campaign targeting Woolworth's plastic Lion King Ushis promotion started with just a simple idea and a camera and it soon went viral. In this interview, Alex shares his tips for individuals who want to help drive change and his biggest tip, take action. And now, can everyone please join me in welcoming Alex Woodalton and Dr. Susan Carland for a special Monash podcast recording, No Time to Waste. Thank you. Alex, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I imagine there's actually a few sick stomachs in the audience when they heard about someone like you that could single-handedly bring down a multi-million dollar campaign. I imagine that's probably the worst nightmare of many of you. Before we get into talking about why you did that, can you just explain uh, what the actual campaign was? Yeah, so basically the idea was that um, Woolworths did a tying with Lion King and they brought out these things called Lion King Ushis um, and they, they launched it at the same time as Coles did Little Shop 2 and they both launched it in Plastic Free July, which is obviously the most ironic thing of all time. Um, so basically, um, one of my kids got, well, kids got given a couple of these Ushis by like, you know, caring grandparents and they were like super duper excited. Like they were so excited, they were ripping it open. Oh my God, it's a rare one. And about three minutes later, they lost interest and walked off while playing in the backyard. So I was just looking at these Lion King Ushis, little plastic things, little figurines. And I was just looking at it going, isn't the meaning of the Lion King, the circle of life? How is this at all in any way, shape or form gel with that? And so I literally just had a thought in the moment. So what if we took these Lion King Ushis and shot them in their natural habitat, which is not the beautiful plains of the Serengeti, it's in landfill, because that's where they're all going to end up. So basically that was basically the idea came from that. And then we just got to making it after that. And so why did you choose that issue in particular? There's so many you know, mm. waste issues, there's so many social issues. Why did you fixate on that one? I think it was because it was just so in the face, it just made no sense with Lion King, it made no sense in Plastic Free July. And it was almost like, I think we're all getting to like, there's a tipping point. It's like, there's only so much stupid stuff <laughs> going around until you just gotta go, I can't take any more, I gotta do something. So I just had an idea. 
and I happen to know lots of clever people who could help make it and, and we're able to do something pretty, pretty cool pretty quickly, actually. So you launched a website. Yep. And then what happened? Uh, so we launched a website. So I got my mate um, Tom Whitty, who used to be managing into the project. You might have seen he just produced Australia Talks, which is on ABC, amazing person. Photographer Stu Morley. We'd worked on something previously um, for the project for actually a Tommy Little thing. And so we just, I just texted Tom with the idea um, and he said, yeah, I love it, let's go. And then we shot it at Stu's within a week. We basically made it all. We got another mate to do the Photoshop. He did it all for free, but he couldn't put his name to it because he actually worked for an agency that does work for Coles and Woolworths, ironically <laughs> enough. And we got a guy to build the website in a day. And again, he too couldn't do, put his name to it. Cause, <laughs> but because I'm, I'm an independent creative director, I guess I've got, I don't have any, anyone to, to tell me not to do that anymore. So I just kind of did it. And so we, we, we did the website um, and because Tom knew quite a bit of people, he was able to get it onto Triple J. I, I did a post on LinkedIn. I mean, I don't know how often you're on LinkedIn, but it's not exactly a hotbed of, <laughs> of social activity and, and spreading social media and stuff. But that's had over, I think it's over, so it's just under 50,000 views now, mm. thousands of shares. Um, we actually, in the process of it, we were trying to get like an environmental brand because being from an advertising background, I thought, do we need a logo in the corner to mm. say it's you know legit? And they were all a bit scared. They were like, we love this campaign, but we can't put our logo to it because we don't want to get sued. Mm. Um, and I, I took good advice from my wife, Sheridan, who's in the crowd today. So maybe you should get some legal advice too. <laughs> and the legal advice was because it's art. It's mm. an individual thing. It's not a problem because it's in satire parody land. You should be fine. Should, probably involved. Um, but we didn't get sued. But so, um, so we did that. Um, yeah, and it just, just went berserk. Like actually wool, um, Greenpeace... Um, World Wildlife Fund and Sea Shepherd all shared it out to all their social media, which is millions of people. We had tens of thousands of shares of it. It just went bananas. And yeah, and Woolworths, we reached out to Woolworths for, for some of their thoughts. We posted it to them on, on, on their social media and stuff. And they did the, the typical, you know, this is our corporate reply, which is probably some 19 year old mm. kid going, we, uh, we believe in the environment. And that was actually interesting. I think they knew that there was a slight environmental concern because they did have like a recycling program in place mm -hmm. but if you read the fine print it's for six weeks after the promotion finishes and these are supposed to be collectible so mm. you're not you're supposed to keep on to them then and i've actually gone to a few Woolworths just in the last few weeks seeing how it's going can we can i take my um ushies here and the blank stares i've got from everyone is like just no one has an, any idea there's no signage of this is where you put your things so it's kind of like it's the old thing uh it's the term greenwashing but yeah. like it's a little bit greenwashing um, so yeah, so I went, I did a lot of interviews. It went on the front page of the Guardian website, which is really great. And then we actually, some people said, um, it's easier to have a go at Woolworths. Why don't you think of something better? Mm. So we literally thought about it for two minutes and thought, <laughs> what about if they had done Lion King collectible cards? And this is technology nowadays where you can print on cards that are embedded with seeds. So imagine you have these Lion King collectible cards with all the characters, all the key moments from the film. It's still exciting, still share them, end of the promotion. You throw them in the garden and then actually the circle of life would continue, which mm. seems to make a lot more sense. And then, as we mentioned earlier, a week later, Woolworths came out with a new promotion, which was going to be seeds, um, which was great. Um, don't know if they already had it in the works or not, but they certainly seemed like they rushed it out because the press release was very light on for any details of how the hell they were going to do it. But they did it, so that's good. So I think, I think we all now have the power to change things because of the internet. You can make things happen, whereas 20 years ago, you one lone person yelling in the breeze. Yeah. You're not, you can't make a difference, but the internet, you can you know, get everyone together and everyone can, can feel the power of something pretty simply and easily nowadays if you do something good enough.
Were you surprised at how successful it was that so many people got behind this? When it, the Ushis were really popular. Yeah. The little shop things are unbelievably popular. Yeah, I, I guess I was surprised. Like I don't know, I guess you never know how things are going to go well because, yeah. you know, you know, you can only try enough ideas. And But everyone I spoke to about the idea and the lead of it was like, my God, that's awesome. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so I was like, well, that's a good sign because if you go up to someone and say, do you want to do this? And they go, oh, yeah, I guess we could. That's yeah. not a good sign, but everyone was just like, "Yes, let's do it." We're all sick of this sort of stupid stuff. Mm. So that was that was really heartening, I think. So you are one of the world's top twenty advertising writers. That was official, official. in twenty sixteen. So normally you're about uh, creating campaigns for companies. Did it feel weird, sort of going head to head with another advertising initiative? No, I mean, I've because I've spent twenty years in advertising. I think. My last three, four, five years in advertising agencies, I was really just getting like, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm flogging chips, I'm doing, I was just like, I just knew there was more. Mm. And that's why I feel like in advertising and marketing, there are so many super duper clever people, but they're spending their super amazing brains selling stuff that maybe you don't need. And I've got to a point in my career where I, I can freelance and get independent stuff and do stuff that's usually just in general, uh, good for the world. So it didn't feel strange. It's still like that's the right thing to do because um, I've got that age where I'm like, you know, I want to be a good, you know, example to my kids and my friends and my family and my wife and just do good things. I think we can we can easily, more easily do that than perhaps we could in the past or maybe I just didn't have the heart back in the day but now I've kind of realised that you know, it's good to do leave a good mark on the world not just to keep taken from it, I guess. Yeah. When we speak to people about making change, often the fear seems to be, I don't know how. To, I don't know where to begin. It all seems too difficult. How do you get over that initial hump and, and just begin? Well, I think that's a really good point. I spent the first fifteen years of my career like winning awards and being competitive and hiding my ideas. And nowadays, I just if I come up with an idea, I just tell everybody. Mm-hmm. And because in the world, you know, my wife's a big believer in it, and I was always skeptical of it. But I believe in it. It's the whole universe. If you put the good vibes into the world enough other people are going to have those same good vibes and it's going to work. So you just just start doing it. Like you can never, don't wait till everything's perfect because then nothing will ever happen. You just, just go do it. I mean, I'm not a super brainiac or anything, but I just do stuff now. And mm. it's amazing how you can just do stuff because most people are paralyzed by fear. And I'm just like, I don't care anymore. I just want to do stuff and all these ideas. Why don't I just make them instead of just have them rattling around my, around my head, get them out of my head, stop the voices at night. Um, and just get on with it and do it. And I reckon you can, like I said, you can do it with the internet yeah. nowadays because you can just like, that was interesting is that I don't know how much Coles and Woolworths spent on their campaigns, but it would have been millions of dollars. We spent zero dollars, mm-hmm. literally nothing. Everyone just did it as a favor. Everyone was like, this is a great idea. Let's just do it. And we did it. And it, it was amazing how quickly you can actually affect change. Because if you, so I've come to that conclusion as well. If you've got a good idea, if you think it's good, then there's probably, even 1% of the population is, that's still 250,000 people in Australia. That's heaps of people. Like you just need to do things. You can't, it's the whole thing, you can't please everybody. Just yeah. please yourself and that will probably please other people because you're not unique in the world. There's lots of people who have similar feelings to you. So just, just go and do it, yeah. You mentioned when you were doing the Future Landfill campaign that a lot of people were fearful about being involved. And I wanted to ask you, how, what advice would you give to people who maybe do want to be involved in positive social change in mm-hmm. some way, but there is that element of fear for them? Well, I think that's the thing. If you're doing it for yourself, it feels like it's okay because you're just doing a commentary. You're not trying to flog something or sell your own thing. It's just for you standing up. And I think companies 
look really, really bad if they have a go at an individual Aussie man or woman or whoever just standing up and saying, I believe in this. Mm -hmm. I think you're kind of in safe territory because you're just doing, you're just having an opinion. You're allowed to have an opinion. As soon as it's, as I said, as soon as it's tied to money, everything becomes muddied. But if it's pure and it's your idea and you believe in it, I think it's all totally fine. Because I, I always had that feel, I had lots of ideas. Oh, what if I pitch to this company and they steal it? And then I'm like, no, you just, just go do it and everything will be, in general, everything will be fine. Don't take that as legal advice. <laughs> Unless you get sued. Yeah. Um, can you give us, just to wrap up, a couple of uh, really practical tips for you know the people at home, the people here, people who want to create social change, what are some really concrete things they could be doing? Maybe they don't even know where to start. Oh, well, I think it's always keep it simple. Try and say one thing, because a few people, because we did the future landfill and people are like, why aren't you having a go a little shop as well? And we're like, well, it's like terrible analogy, but with a gun, if you've got two targets, you're probably going to miss both. If you've got one, <laughs> you're going to hit one. So I always keep it really simple and single-minded mm -hmm. and just try and find people who are into the same stuff as you and you trust. As long as, you, as, long as there's trust, you can make awesome things happen. Mm. As soon as you're going, I'm not sure about this person, it's probably not right. You just need to do something that you all believe in because there, there'll be other people who believe are in the same mindset as you. So just go and you know, just go and do it. Nike's right, just do it. <laughs> Actually, I've got one last question. Um, you're an advertising person. Everyone here is in marketing, communications, advertising. How do you think those, those areas, those fields, advertising, marketing, communication, mm -hmm. how can they be better harnessed to create a better world for everyone? Well, I think that's they've got a platform, mm -hmm. which is good because like most people don't have a platform. You can make a platform for yourself, but if you've got a platform, you can make change from within. I think that's the best way to do it because otherwise money, again, overrides everything. If you have the heart in the right place, you can affect other people's feelings and opinions and people will want to be inclusive. That's what I think is interesting. I think that word inclusive is, is important because I've been um, comparing it to you know, Greta Thunberg and the, and the Extinction Rebellion. Like the climate strike was so amazing because it was an arm around the shoulder, everyone, middle Australia, all doing it together. But then when it goes to the extremist thing, almost undoes some of the work like some of the like gluing yourself to the to the to, it, get, it just pisses people off and it's kind of diverts from the real issue so i think you need to do it in a way that's an inclusive that feels like it's the every every australian every person can, that brings people with you brings people with you it's inclusive it's not divisive because mm -hmm. as soon as people if as soon as you're like like this against people people go oh screw you even if you're saying the thing they believe in you're doing it in a way that's aggressive i think if you do it in an inclusive friendly manner, I think that's definitely the best way to get things to change. Mm. Alex Wadelton, thank you so much. No Please thank, thank Alex. I loved that chat with Alex live on stage, but I wanted to know what it was about these promotions that makes them so enticing to supermarkets and to shoppers and particularly to little kids. So I had a chat with psychologist and marketing expert Fiona Newton from the Monash Business School about what's behind these campaigns and how research is helping to change it. Hi, I'm Associate Professor Fiona Newton from the Department of Marketing at Monash University. And my research interests are really around bringing about behavioural change or attitude change for social good. Fiona, tell us about the drivers behind why supermarkets seem so committed to these sort of promotions. Woolworths, Coles, they are facing a lot of competition from new players and 
they are trying to get market share from each other. Mm-hmm. So let's just think about it. If I introduce a promotion like the little shop or the Ushies, I'm going to get a lot of excitement. It might be because of the nag factor from children that what you're going to actually see is that the parents will then think, I will go to Coles and I will participate and the more I spend there, the more I can bring home another one of the little shop, little miniatures. Mm -hmm. Another family might kind of say, look, loved the Lion King. My kids are besotted with the Lion King. I'm now going to start shopping at um, Woolworths for that promotion so that I can then collect them. Parents want their kids to be happy. The kids are fixated with these types of things and the supermarkets know this. So for them, these promotions are a great way to get people in the door and to build up a habit because these things go across six weeks, eight weeks. What they're hoping in that time is that you will begin to like that supermarket and that you'll spend a little bit more there. So I'm clearly not part of the key demographic because I just look at these things, these little plastic toys and think I cannot see what the appeal is. Why do kids love them so much? Again, that's complex and it depends on the type of promotion. Let's go with the ushies. First of all, ushies are those little pencil tops that are really popular and kids love to have them at school. And so what you've got there is that it's something they already want and then you introduce The Lion King. And that promotion was done at the release of The Lion King movie. So there was all the hype and excitement around the movie and then Woolworths says, hey, look, we've got these cutie little things and we know you like putting things on top of your pencils, even though they're probably like a a choke hazard, but forget that. We know that you like doing them and we've got them in all these different characters and we've even got some that are this beautiful blue that's really different and we've got some that are gold that are extra special and now we've got a competition. So you never know what you're going to get. And it might be just that special one that you want. Kids can't resist that. But kids are loved by aunts, uncles, mummies, daddies, grandparents. And so all of them buy into it because they want the little one to have it. And you get excitement. You get home and you're opening them up. And it's like a a little kinder surprise. You just don't know what you're getting. Mm. And then there's that fun around swapping them. And at school, it's huge. In fact, some schools have had to ban it. But then it goes online through social media. There are swap meetings for all of these Mm. through Facebook. People even pay money for them. Yes. I've heard that they could go for up to $10,000, which astounds me. And there is so much about the human psyche. We could dive into about that. With the Ushies, suddenly there seemed to be a bit of a backlash. And there was that really viral campaign against the Ushies and showing them this is what they look like in their natural habitat, i.e. in the rubbish. And that went viral. And I wondered if that seemed to make a difference. Not long after that, I think it was Woolworths that released their um, their plant promotion. I thought, oh, this could be the sign of something different. And yet I see, uh, you know, just at the beginning of this month, right in time for Christmas, Woolworths has released a new line of Ushies to go in an advent calendar. So why would they do that, given how big the backlash against <laughs> this plastic, the, the latest plastic craze was? Short memories. I think what they've done this time, I agree with you that Woolworths made a concerted effort in their discovery gardens 
And that was all about them being a fresh um, food producer, I mean, a retailer, and they really wanted to start a conversation around how does food grow and what are some of the issues around that? And they wanted that conversation to be with families and even in the workplace. That was part of their, their PR release. So that's their blurb that they've actually come out with. But then think about it. They've got a concerted segment of the market that loved the Yoshis, yeah. loved them. Yeah. And they've and think about a retailer. They've got lots of different segments. So they had this segment that said, we hate these. This is unenvironmental. And as you talked about, you know, let's show the Ushis in their natural environment, which is in a whale's tummy or whatever. But on the other side of that, you've got people that got a lot of joy out of it. And I think what Woolworths has done, it's a bit strange, but I think what they've actually kind of thought of is this time, well, we're not going to give it away for free. You're going to have to buy it. So it's, it's now very much that collector. So I think they would maybe be seeing this as it's not going to therefore end up being thrown away on the street or ending up in a in a lake or on the beach. It's going to be kept. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't know that it'll gain the same level of popularity and traction because you've taken out the competition bit. Right. What they've done now is you don't get it for free. You pay $40. I think it's $40, and you get the whole set of 24. Right, so it's not and just so, the competition. Also, the surprise element is gone. Like correct, you said, you don't gone. know what you've got until you – you know, when we used to open our footy cards, those kind of things when yeah. we were young, to find out what you've got. So that's taken away as well, which I imagine was a big part of the excitement for the kids. Correct. So I think now what their argument might be we're not going for the mass market. We're going just for this small promotion for those – that are really into this, and I think they actually see it as a bit of a stocking filler. What concerns me is not just the little ones in the advent calendar, but they've bought out these larger plush kind of toy kind of ones, and you wonder how long, and that again is for a stocking filler, would be my guess. Um, I'm not really certain how environmental they are either. So in the trade press, there's been a few questions raised this week as to the strategy that Woolworths is using, but I think they think they're going to make some money out of this and it's not a collectible kind of thing for the mass where people might be getting it and then just throwing it straight away. Is there That's anything, my take. Is there anything that your research um, has revealed that could show how a supermarket can still um, achieve their commercial objectives, i.e. bringing more customers and more money, while keeping the environmental concerns of at least a segment of their consumer base uh, placated? I think the research literature is starting to come up with some really good examples of where industry is working with academics to think about more sustainable options that still are appealing. So let's think, for example, um, what we know is that we've got very complex issues that supermarkets are now wanting to start to address. We've got Woolworths definitively saying we want a more healthy eating. We had Coles with their stickies trying to do the same thing. What would be really exciting is if they started to get together with social marketers. And social marketers are those that use commercial marketing tools for social good. And to start to try in 
lab-based research and then going out into the market for other types of things that are still enticing and to bring people into the shops but are not gimmicks that are more long-lasting. And that could be much more around stories, narratives, things that would be engaging young people in healthy eating in a fun, maybe comic book kind of way. I think that there's room and excitement in that area and there's a lot of potential. There may even be ways that they can still do these kind of collectibles, but using um, ingredients, for want of a better word, that are more easily recyclable. Mm. And I think that there's enough um, academic research out there now on recyclable plastics that that is totally possible. Fiona, thank you so much for your time. That was really, really useful information. Thanks so much for having me. Some fascinating insights there from Fiona and great tips from Alex. Special thanks to both our guests today and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of What Happens Next.